Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Back everybody to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. You know, wine crime time. We're your partners in all of the above. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> Before we get started, okay, I wanted to talk about this documentary because everybody has been DMing us and I want you all to know that, yes, we have seen it. Stolen Youth on Hulu. Actually, I don't know if I'm, sp- I'm speaking for both of us. Danny, have you actually seen it? I've seen it, yes. And okay. I've seen it and also because we've 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 been following this case for a long time. Yes. Yeah, it's about the that the cult at Sarah Lawrence. It was a big, big article in where else but New York magazine. Yes. Uh, maybe twenty eighteen era. I feel like that I, that's or twenty seven I don't know. That's when like all their big articles came out, I feel the long the, the long reads. Yes. yes. I mean, so there was a Peacock documentary that we watched, we did an episode on. This one, I think, like, blows it out of the water. Um, I mean, one thing I hadn't really considered with the Peacock documentary was, like, none of the victims were in it. It was just people kind of, like, talking about what happened. It was, I feel the Peacock one was more so reporters who covered it, giving their point of view on it, and kind of, like, it, to me, the Peacock felt more... We're telling the story about how we uncovered the story. Yeah. And the Hulu one really was like, this is what happened to us. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's just extremely disturbing, but oh, it is very, very well done and eye-opening, I think. Um, you know, I think a lot of with these like coercive control cult type things, um, well, people say like, oh, well, how could you fall for this? Like, how could you be stupid and it just really shows you how it doesn't have to do with intelligence no it just has to do with you were vulnerable and some person with you know bad intentions preyed on that i mean and yeah that's a bad intentions and also the ability to manipulate because it's like a very yeah. like because people are like oh how do people fall for that it's like usually someone who's Suave isn't the right word, but it's like someone who knows how to play mind games and yeah. do things like that to pull people into their vortex. And you you see, especially like firsthand in that story, how Larry was able to cut off communications and forms of the outside world so that their world just kind of became it. Um, but yeah, I don't know if we would do a rehashing of that, but I know the our October 10th episode of 2022 is when we also discussed that case. And we talked a little bit about the Peacock one and also the case in general, but that is just for awareness. Yeah. Going back into the uh, the archives. The archives. They archive for, yeah. I love it. And also some headlines. There's not much to say, so we don't need a full episode, but this became a huge deal over the weekend. Yeah, we'll see if it warrants a full episode. I'm not... I don't know. 21-year-old Polish woman named Julia Faustina believes she's Madeline McCann. Uh, she's also been referred to as Julia Wendell, Julia Wandelt. So I think if you're seeing like a bunch of different names, that's kind of why. 
basically she started an instagram account called i am madeline mccann and it just like blew up i feel like overnight overnight i'm like can you teach me some of your uh marketing strategies because um i'm hemorrhaging followers but that's fine i I think it's by um to tie yourself to one of the most talked about notable cases and saying i'm the missing person i don't know okay you're right yeah i can't exactly do that no so Julia says she doesn't remember most of her childhood, but learned about Madeline's case from her grandmother. Uh, she also has the same mark in her eye that Madeline had, uh, what's called a columba, and um, like also a mark on her leg in the same spot. Uh, she said she recognized the police sketch of the man police identified as the man carrying Madeline out of the resort at Pride de Luge, and that he looks like uh, a man who abused her. A friend close to the McCann family told the Daily Beast that they have agreed to a DNA test. The McCanns have not commented publicly. See, I feel like it's very smart for them not to comment publicly yet because, like, it, this is such a media storm. And it's like, I can't even imagine, like, if, like, their hopes are up, if they are, they're just like, we just, let's just get answers before we make any statements. I mean, I f- they don't even need to comment, you know, let the DNA test speak for itself. Yeah, speak just for run, itself. run that test, let's... Rush ship that thing and, you know. Truly. And as just like a quick, quick recap, uh, Madeline disappeared in 2007. The only suspect is a man named Christian Bruckner, who's a 45-year-old German man. He's currently serving a seven-year prison sentence for um, sexually assaulting a 72-year-old American woman. And he was actually working as a handyman at the resort the McCanns were staying at. He was later found with child pornography and little girls' bathing suits. He hasn't been charged in connection with Madeline's disappearance, I think, yet is really the key. Uh, yeah, I feel they're just waiting for some more chips to, or, like, things to That's get in That's kind a row of how for... I feel. I feel like you get one shot at that. Like, you have to make sure all your ducks are in a row. That is honestly, I feel, one of the m- major things I've learned from, like, doing this podcast. Because people are always like, okay, well, why don't we, like, we know it's a person do it or like why aren't you charging with them it's like that like you really if you miss that window or make a slight misstep it yep. fucks up the entire thing i know i'm really I, I i all i'll say is i'm very curious to see when we get the dna results what happens with this it was a very kind of i at first i thought it was a hoax which i hope it's not and i mean from the woman's post she seems very sincerely in her belief so We'll see. I think that she thinks that she's Madeline McCann. That's exactly yes. Who knows? I mean, you know, we don't know if she Ooh. is. Like, I think that I would be so shocked just because that's the most unexpected twist ever, ever, ever. Uh, uh, yeah, I really will be. It'll be a very fascinating. Hopefully, that test comes the day this podcast comes out because I really need answers. <laughs> no, hopefully, it doesn't come out because then we'll already be behind. That's true. Okay, give us a give us a week buffer. Give exactly. Us- Let us catch up. Uh- <laughs> I feel I feel um, testing and things like that. It, there, it'll something tells me we'll be fine. Yeah, I think things so, things too. get delayed. This episode is brought to you by Seed. Did you know that supporting your health can be as easy as taking two capsules a day? Each daily dose of Seed's DSO one daily symbiotic is formulated with 24 scientifically studied probiotic strains that support gut, skin, and heart health, helping you start the new year off right. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month.
So today we're going to be talking about Norman Baker, a fraudster extraordinaire who was truly, truly ahead of his time. And in in a lot of like good and bad ways, and also not to be confused with Wendy Williams' uh, producer Fred Norman Baker, who's always on oh the my Wendy gosh. Show. I think That's he's also funny. now on the Shower Show. But it's because when you said when we were like we're talking about Norman Baker, I was like, what he do? <laughs> and I was like, okay, thank God, no. <laughs> Uh, I, in my head, I confuse him with Norman Bates from Psycho. Um, okay, that more less on, murdery. Less murdery, same, yes. He's less murdery than him. So, yes, shouts out to Andrea Denode with New York Mag and also to Arkansas Encyclopedia. He came through. And a couple other outlets. We'll put it in the notes as we always do. Um, yes. So, Norman Baker, born November 27th, 1882 in Iowa. He was the youngest of 10 children born to parents John and Francis Baker. So far sounds all very, a lot of corn. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an Iowa State vegetable, I think. Or is corn I, a- I feel like it's got to so. be. Is that Idaho? No. No, that's potatoes. I get those confused. Okay. I'm sorry to our Western friends. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I get so confused out there. Okay. So Norman's dad was a businessman slash entrepreneur who supposedly had over a hundred patents. Damn, uh, I know. And he ran a Baker Manufacturing Company in Muscatine. So Norman's mom had been a writer before she got married, and she was actually quite prolific. And I'm like, come on, Francis, why did you yes, give up girl, your career uh, to pop out ten kids? Uh, she was busy. She's busy. She was busy. And Norman left high school after his sophomore year and started working as, and these are the Encyclopedia of Arkansas's words, not mine, a tramp machinist. See, I don't, I don't know what that, that entails. I have no idea. I could Google it, but I think it's more fun to like imagine. I'm imagining like he is person putting tramp stamps on people with like a, with like a machine. Ooh. Oh, is it know. oil? I might track that it's oil. I don't know. I just oil. and it's all caps locks oil. That's also just from one. I looked, I don't know why I looked on LinkedIn, not Google. Um, anyway, <laughs> Danny's like, are there any job openings for a tramp machinist <laughs> in the year twenty twenty three? I'm looking. I'm looking for an Iowa pivot. Oh my god, <laughs> I love that for you. Honestly, who knows? Uh, okay, so Norway got very into magic and like. <laughs> You know, who among us has not? Also, I will say, I can only assume magic hit so different back in the early 1900s. Yeah. Like magic that I'm like, oh, that you, you, where did that coin come from? You're probably right. I still get shocked at magic tricks. So I can't even talk. Like it still shocks me now. But it's like, I feel now everyone is like, ew, it's because the, like, um, there's a string somewhere versus then it was just, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) That's so true. And he got into magic when he saw a vaudeville magician and he put together his own little traveling troupe. He's, I I will say, go get her. I mean, this, if this hadn't taken such a dark, weird turn, like this, I mean, this guy would have just been like P.T. Barnum. Actually, I think he's problematic too. But yeah. whatever, I this would have just been like camp. This wouldn't have been a true crime episode. Yeah, I was gonna say it would have been like a garage, ba- like a like a like a garage band just around town doing putting bunnies and hats or whatever. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, so he put together this like troupe. Among his ragtag group of performers was a mind reader who went by Madame Pearl Tangley. 
I would give someone named Madame Pearl money to read my mind. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, I think they would swap out who played Madame Pearl. Like, it wasn't just one lady. And so he got, he married one of the actresses who played her, but then they got it annulled. You know, it happens. Because she probably was like, you want to cheat on me? He's like, no, you, no, I don't. She's like, I can read your mind. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, this is fake. I hired you. (laughs) (laughs) So they toured for 10 years and then he returned to Muscatine in 1914. And he proceeded to patent a this, I don't really understand it, but it's an instrument called the air calliophone. And I guess it's like a portable organ that uses air pressure. I mean, organs are big, so a portable organ, I can definitely see. It's needed for traveling troops. <laughs> yeah, just, yep. <laughs> you need that. He also had a correspondence art school and a mail order business. And those are just words that I do not know what they mean. <laughs> correspondence art school. Like, I'm going to mail you in my painting and you're going to mail it back with a grade. Like, I don't know what this means. That, yeah, just kind of, I, I guess I'm, that that would track for what we get into with this man. So, you know, I would believe that. Who knows? And uh, this man also was a character. He wore This was actually according to his obituary, which I thought was a fun detail, but he wore like purple shirts and white suits and had an orchid colored car. So he was like kind of just, you know, a little little flamboyant, a little eccentric. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, oh, I've arrived. Yes. Okay. And then he decided to go into a radio as you do. And I'm like, this guy was truly early like Joe Rogan status. Um, Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. So he got the Chamber of Commerce to sponsor his radio show, which was called KTNT. Yeah. Because it stands for Know the Naked Truth. And I'm like, oh, God, what are we about to get into? And it's exactly what you guys think. I'm not exactly. And also, it's like, oh, the world is a cycle because I feel that is probably a podcast right now. It's so true. I think every time I get like upset about the state of the world, it's helpful to, well, helpful and also sad to realize that like, not a lot of these problems are new. Um, mm-hmm. And also, it was like 65 in February, so they won't be. We, they won't, we won't have problems for a while, for that much longer. Facts. And so his show was like blasted all over the U.S. And now we get into the super fun stuff. Baker was anti-Catholic, anti-Semitic, and a big supporter of Herbert Hoover. So yeah, great, great stand-up guy. <laughs> no notes. No notes. No, he, I feel like he went in with no notes either to record. He just went on his rampages. Oh, yeah. And Hoover was like, what a man. Yeah, fucking Hoover. And unsurprisingly, Hoover was a huge fan of Baker and even met with him after he won the presidency. And he helped launch Baker's tabloid, which was called the Midwest Free uh, Press, which I'm like, OK, that's a good alliteration. I like that. I, I, I do. Yes, I, I will tip half a hat to that. Yes, which launched in 1930. So... I mean, but again, like very eerily reminiscent of what's of going on now. It's also, it's always so funny. It's like the naked truth, the free press. It's like, Literally. why are you, why is the truth naked? Why? What, no, it's, it's not, you're just, you're just it's, it's, it's the government doesn't want you to know the naked truth. Yes. That's and why. it would be, it would be all fine if he was just shouting about his naked truths. Uh, I mean, because that is, I guess, well within his. I don't even know. That's what people do now. So we can't. It's just, it would just be the radio station. Hopefully the majority of people listening just choose not to listen to. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. 
I don't know. I, the majority of our listeners. I mean, oh, I see. I yes, see. Yes, yes. I was like, I, I don't know. know. Based on current trends. Yeah, not quite. But he divulge, he makes a pivot into, as Sarah points out, Elizabeth Holmes territory. Because, but like worse. But very worse. Because no, he doesn't have a... It's not because his radio voice is a little bit lower. <laughs> he doesn't, that'd be a good Elizabeth Holmes territory. He's not doing ASMR. He <laughs> uh, claimed he had a cure for cancer and denounced the American Medical Association around 1929 because they didn't take him seriously. Because so, no, duh. <laughs> like <laughs> It's kind of like, were you, were you shocked that uh, that... They didn't take you seriously. One of his, um, so his TNT poster, The Naked Truth, said that cancer is curable. Cure is positively being made while medical trust refuses recognition because it affords them no financial gain. So what his I mean, claim- literally, this is what we said. This is exactly what people said about the vaccine. Uh, like word for word. It, it, it's truly a full on fucking cycle. And we cannot stress enough that this man who was started out, mind you, as a magician. <laughs> we didn't we didn't skim over the 12 years that he went to college and then medical school and then residency. He is not a doctor. Never was a doctor. And I don't think he wanted to be a doctor. Because no. he, he 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 does not like uh he does not like the doctors. But he opened the Baker Institute at Muscatine. Which was a 100-bed hospital. Jeez. Hospital. Uh Mostly staffed by chiropractors, osteopaths, and doctors from fake medical schools. So truly, like, uh, just scam central. Yeah. (laughs) Grifter Central Hospital, you know, as you do. Kind of the extreme MO there. Uh, He enlisted the help of Harry Hoxie, who opened up a cancer clinic in 1924, and used herbal remedies... Uh, but while using those herbal remedies, he was also arrested like 119 times between 1926 and 1931 for practicing medicine without a license. Okay, so that's a five-year span. He's arrested, let's just make it even 120 times. Like, oh my God, what is that math? 24 times a year. Wow. How does that even happen? I don't even know. They just like let you out of the handcuffs and put you right back in them. Like, I don't even... It, it, like, yeah, just, or like they just like, like you're arrested and he walks away they're like damn it yeah right <laughs> why didn't someone yeah um but it's also kind of interesting that he probably was like damn there's i'm so no one appreciates my skills am i unemployable then he's like oh this center was made for me yeah <laughs> at the same time so he still while uh baker was operating norman was operating this medical center he was still doing his radio show and he would just kind of use it to talk shit about actual doctors. So he claimed that the American Medical Association, AMA, stood for Amateur Meat Cutter <laughs> Association. And no, that's that, a different one. That's for the butchers. Yeah, yeah. Like, sir, <laughs> put some respect on their name. And that MD stood for Mordo. Sick um, burn, man. Yeah. Oh, you got, I'm like, so you're not charging people at this, like, what, are, what you're, okay, <laughs> Amateur Meat Cutters uh, Association, man. That is oof. really sick burn. <laughs> the writer's room that he had for that. Uh, <laughs> the Journal of American Medical Association obviously published an editorial calling him uh, just like a fake quack. Like, just do not pay attention to him. Do not give him anything. 
What's Man. funny is that he saw that editorial, then went on his radio show and called the doctor who published it a Jew and then sued him. They tried to sue for a libel. Yeah, right? Like, sir, I don't, like, babe, this is truly also, so, like, this next uh, quote from it, besides promising to cure cancer, Baker attacked aluminum pots and pans, uh, fluoridation of the water, vaccinations, and even uh, bovine tuberculosis testing. So, truly, nothing has changed. That is nope. what I've I've learned that. There's not the, 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 when people are like, where do these people come? Like, where, where, like, why are people against vaccines? They all like, it's just what, what this is. It's, it's so, it's actually very normal. So, oh gosh, I, I guess mean, don't let that get you too depressed. It's not like, uh, it's not a new problem. I, my whole thing, I'm just going to say, you know, like, get vaccinated, light the nice candle. Oh, treat yourself every day because you know, there's just, insanity protect yourself <laughs> in 1930 baker claimed that three men had attacked and fired on the hospital but a police investigation found evidence that hoxie his partner in crime who was arrested all those times had fired all of the shots <laughs> the call was truly coming from inside of the house sure there is that um Something from my table just fell apart. That's a good promising <laughs> sign. <laughs> in May 1930, the state of Iowa filed an injunction against him for practicing medicine sans a license, which, yeah, that shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. His trial began in September 1930. And meanwhile, Hoxie and Baker had a falling out over what? MD Mordeaux money from the center. <laughs> because this man who was saying that doctors and hospitals are just all about the money, was pulling in over 100 k a month. Right, because, of course, his cancer treatments were not cheap. Right, oh, exactly. Yeah, like, what, what, what the fuck was your, like, uh, claim for all this? Uh, the AMA put pressure on the Federal Radio Commission to shut Baker down, and in 1931, the radio station closed and lost his license. Uh, the same year, Iowa also was granted their injunction. Bad year for him. <laughs> Bad year for him. But if you have a year like that where you're just... Losing and losing and losing. What do you do? <laughs> Run for governor yeah. of Iowa on the farmer labor ticket in 1932. I seriously, I'm like, is it 1932 or 2022? Uh, because, you know. Who is who's to say at this point? It really, <laughs> it, it really is a mirror. Norman wasn't, uh, the, uh, he gets knocked down, but he does get up again. Um, so what he did was just move his radio station to Mexico in 1933. So he ran for gov, lost everything in 1931. 1932 ran for governor of Iowa. 1933 moved to Mexico to do his radio station there. Then in 1936, moved back to Iowa. And since he lost the governorship in 1932, it was like, let me run for Senate and also lost. Well, that's comforting because I think today he would win by a landslide. Uh, yes. Uh, and he'd just be grabbing drinks with Marjorie Taylor Greene and talking about the Jewish exactly. face laser before his time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he probably is like, damn! Yeah. I know, from the grave, like, man, my views are trendy now. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, shit really goes off the rails even more in 1937 
when Baker purchases the Crescent Hotel, which is a Victorian landmark in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And this is hilarious. He painted everything either purple or lavender, which I'm like, okay, that is begrudgingly a slight. <laughs> I, I mean, the color scheme I still love. Yes, I would much rather go to a purple hospital than like all white, sterile looking hospital. I'm like, all right, at least in this one has an aesthetic. That's, you know what? It, it's a very, again, very millennial centered hospital. So he could really, <laughs> My if God. he just pivoted to have like a lavender room selling vitamins, that would do well in Soho. It's so true. I'm like, wait, did the wing open up a hospital and call it the wing again? But yeah, that would be this. But okay, Norman was either was like super paranoid. Gee, I wonder why. And his office was sealed behind bulletproof glass. And he also kept two automatic weapons near him, like pretty much at all times. Huh. Yeah, just just things normal people do. So he called it Baker Hospital and he put out marketing materials referring to it as where sick folks get well. And I took a I took a look at this ad in it or it's a brochure, I don't really know. And it says, We cure cancer, tumor without operation, radium or X ray. I'm like, so you just cure it with vibes? Like what do you I, that's mean? What I, yeah, I truly don't know. Like uh that's what I was just wondering. I'm like, is he just like, no, you're fine now? Like, yeah, I'm like, you listed all the solutions and you're like, but we don't use any of those. And I'm like, okay. Um, sure. So at this center, Baker promised to cure cancer and told patients if their cancer wasn't cured, in three to six weeks, they could come back and get more treatment free of charge. But here's the catch. They would have to pay for board, room, and transportation. So. Huh. I'm like, wow. That's like how, um. I feel so many things when it's like a free trip somewhere ends up becoming a scam. I'm like, oh, I got it now. Yes. This this is truly like spoken like an insurance company because you're like, okay, we can give you the operation for free, but everything you need to actually be in the hospital, you have to pay for. Mm-hmm. Oh, we opened a window for you. Sorry, you got to pay for that. That's $500. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like sometimes that is how it happens. Yeah. One time I went to the emergency room and was charged uh, by my insurance company because the PA who saw me, who I have no control over, was not in my network. What? And I was like, oh, okay, next time I have an emergency, I'm just going to call you guys, call the doctor, ask if he's in the network, and and if he's not, I'll just wait three hours until the right doctor is available. Like, what the fuck? Like, come on. Oh, my God. Crazy shit. Um, <sighs> Emblem Health, if you're listening to this, I'm still mad at that. <laughs> Absurd. But back to Norman and other scams. And other scams. And other scams. Unsurprisingly, uh, Norman's cures were like kind of BS. Um, His miracle cure was kind of a mixture of extracts from watermelon seeds and corn, silk, clover. Hmm. Like, I don't know know if I would ever. Yeah, I didn't know that would. um, I never thought of that combination of anything healing. Like, what are you extracting from a watermelon seed? But whatever. I'm still afraid of watermelon seeds from that Rugrats episode. Same. I don't know. I also feel like this feels like a precursor to using essential oils for everything. Oh, yeah. This kind of, they, this set the oil scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I remember we did that episode on one of those companies and the founders. And I oh, was like, essential, this. Oh, 
Living Youth young or whatever. Living. Young yeah. Living. I'm like, this reminds me of that a lot. Because wasn't that guy also opening like medical centers and stuff? Yes, he had practices. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he also was claiming that he cured cancer. Again, you guys, time is a circle. Yeah. Time is a circle. So Norman would also use this potion to treat other non-cancer ailments like hemorrhoids and varicose veins. And again, I'm just, if you're using the hemorrhoid potion to cure my cancer, I just have some questions. <laughs> just, you know, just, just following up, like, hi, um, what exactly, like, what is the A to B to C of this? Like, how are you using the same thing? Like, this is like in my big fat Greek wedding when the dad is like, just put a Windex on it. Windex on it? Oh, my God. But the yeah. Windex actually worked. So I don't know. You, we'll table that. <laughs> we'll table that. Uh, it was a fictional <laughs> movie. Um, okay. So here's where it also gets pretty spooky. Uh, Norman would also keep, like, pieces of cut out human flesh or just flesh and, like, tumors in glass jars and display them to make his operation look legitimate. But I'm like, Norman, you said you weren't cutting people open. That's true. And also, I don't know if I, I don't understand the, the, the decor. I know he really focuses in on decor. I don't know if I, if I walked into like a medical office and I saw just like a finger floating in a jar, <laughs> would I be like, oh, this is a, I trust you. I would be yeah. like, why? What, what, what? I was like, I'm in the, I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I went to one, two, two. I was supposed to go to one, one, two. My bad. And yeah. like. Homer Simpson gif out of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that I'd be like, uh, eh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't love that. Um, and I couldn't really find out how many patients were there, but many of them died. Um, I think I actually read that like between 20 and 40, they found uh, that they were like sent to the morgue or something like that. Whoa. So some some people died. We can definitely say that for sure. Yeah. And so in 1940, Baker was charged with mail fraud. I'm telling you, it's always the mail fraud that gets you. That is, it's the one that they like can guarantee. Yes. Yes. Because he had all these like, where sick, the sick get well brochures and stuff that he would send through the mail. So finally, they were able to get him through mail fraud. And so the assistant U.S. attorney general told the jury that Baker said he could reap $1 million out of the suckers in the state. So just like being open about his scamming purposes. The state don't like that. They do not. He spent three years in federal prison in Kansas. Then in 1946, he tried to reopen the Muscatine facility, and that didn't work. They were Did like, not absolutely not, sir. No. The state of Iowa refused permission to reopen the facility in the public interest. Thank Which, you, Iowa. Thank you. They're just like, uh, no, I, let's keep uh, – we, we know that this is not worthwhile for anybody involved. Seriously. So then, actually, I kind of love this. He spent the rest of his life living on a yacht owned by Jay Gould, who was like – I I forgot who he was, but some like magnet, as you do. He, he uh, was the railroad magnet yes. and the financial yes. speculator. Yes, he him. is generally identified as one of the robber barons of the Gilded Age. Great. Robber baron that actually does uh, track. Cool. So he hung out with this guy. He <laughs> died of jaundice at the age of 74, according to his obituary. One news report said he died of cirrhosis. Either way, he died of too much partying. Too, yeah, that is definitely sorry for party rocking. <laughs> uh, and that's that. I mean, he only spent three years in federal prison, which is kind of... Not a lot. That is, yeah, no, not that much at all. 
Nope. And also because the Crescent Hotel still stands in a as like a like a tourist attraction, I yes. think right now. Yeah. It does. In uh Eureka Springs. And it also people say like ghost stories there and everything, which kind of ties into what happened in February twenty nineteen mm-hmm. when the landscape artists of the Crescent Hotel found over four hundred bottles buried in the backyard that Uh-oh. dated from nineteen thirty eight to nineteen forty. Okay, he, he had a thing for bottles. Well, because we know, because he was keeping them with the tissue in it. Yeah. Being like, here's your appendix, which I have to say, cool. one of my friends got his appendix out, and um, apparently they wouldn't let him look at it, which I was like, did you ever see that episode of Rocco's Modern Life where Rocco gets his appendix out and like gets to keep it? No. Wait, <laughs> why would you? Wait, why couldn't he look at it, though? I don't know. Also, why did he want to look at it? I would want to see it because of this episode of Rocco's Modern Life. Okay. I want. Okay, now I kind of want to see what my. Okay, actually, okay. If I I ever get my appendix taken out, I don't think I'd want to keep it. That's gross. But I would want to look at it. It's hard. It's it's hard. It's hard enough to like. Because when have you ever seen an appendix? That's true. Okay. So now you see why he's he's pickling. Now you see why he he's putting things in jars. Oh yeah. Um, state police did say the backyard wasn't a burial site. But they did find that about 20 of the bottles contained the tissue, whether it was human or animal tissue. We didn't know. The rest mostly contained alcohol. I will say that, like, the news reports I read were just of them discovering the bottles and then sending them off for testing. And then I couldn't find articles that reported on the results of the tests. Uh, Yeah, that's the hard. So, I mean, maybe they were just like, we're not we're not going to unpack these bottles from this dead. Yeah. Maybe they did test it, but just I couldn't find the articles about it. And if you are an Arkansas reporter and knows what happened with that, definitely let us know because I'm curious. And I'm also looking at more. A, I will say the Baker Hospital, gorgeous landscape. <laughs> and some of the things like you can tell why <clears throat> people fell into it because like one, um, like this says like where six folks get well and it's written in like nice writing. Yes. And cancer tumor curable without knife, radium, x-ray, or serums. And this one really... Again, I'm like, so you're just curing it with the vibes. Like, what is left? Truly you don't have a knife. You don't have an x-ray. Well, x-rays don't cure cancer, but you, whatever. Maybe yeah. back then well, they the, thought that. <laughs> you know what I think really sold it, too? Because this said every... one Another one said, every room has a connecting bath. I'd fuck with okay. that. Okay. Okay. I'm sold. I could actually really use that. So... Yeah. So, I mean, and also... Oh, he had... um. He had a fr- and he did that almost a thing that a lot of scam places do. Because uh, I just saw this. He has a free. To, he had a free to all event to kind of just like promote it, and then people probably got sold from that. Yes, he did one of those like things. It was like some big public event that like ten thousand people came to, where he was like, "Watch me cure this person," or whatever you know. Okay, yeah, and it tied in with his birthday. What? Because it was a birthday. <laughs> And, yeah, it's a, and like thousands of dollars worth of fireworks, entertainment, and fun. Uh, and thousands of people showed up. Yes, yeah, so you're like, I want to go to the fun hospital. And uh, the dancing happened until the wee hours. So, I mean. He threw a rager, and everybody's like, I want this hospital. And I do kind of understand that. That's how I chose my college. So, <laughs> <laughs> Like, I want the fun one with the pretty vibes, the pretty architecture. I mean, that's how I pick restaurants I go to. I mean, I can't, yep. I can't fault anybody for doing that. And that's usually when you just get overcharged with things, too. So it really, I, I really understand what, where, where all that leads to. But I mean, whoa, what a blast from the past that really haunts us 
to our present day, <laughs> the Storm and Baker. He's a good case. So study. dark. So dark. And um, we are very happy that our boy Jorge is out living his best life on vacation. So there is no game this week, which I think me and Sarah's confidence and ego both needed. I think we I think we both yes. needed a week off. Also to like not get stressed, because it is a high stress situation. So we'll we be did. back next week for some for some trivia gaming. We did. And also on a side note, if you live in LA, I'm gonna be there doing a show uh, March 17th. Just go to like AITAPod.com and I'm sure the details are there. But Oh, that'll be fun. How long are you in LA for? Uh five days. Ooh. Short trip. But it'll be fun. Okay, that's going to be fun, though. Yeah. So if you want to come see me and hang out, come to the show. And otherwise, you... Oh, what day is it? March 17th? 17th. St. Patrick's Ooh, Day, Oh, I guess. whoa. Okay. Right? I'll be in so. Memphis for St. Patrick's Day if anyone's listening in Memphis. I'm not doing <laughs> so anything random. I visiting that. a friend. So shout out. Yeah. <laughs> I do love that. Otherwise, uh, follow the Instagram at Not Another True Crime. We do memes. We do explainers of, like, cases. We do trivia. Uh, it's a very fun time. So... Follow us there. Follow me on Instagram at Sarah Lameem. You can follow me at Cashmere Danny, Cashmere with a K. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Pico, Sean Kilby, and Rebecca Sosmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at Not Another True Crime on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send all of your emails to natc at betches.com. Betches.